We're going to be talking about the Word of the Lord as we go through this. I don't know that I'm going to get around to preaching tonight, but this is something that has to be taken care of, and it's a very, very exciting thing to take care of. Praise God. We want to take a moment of our time to greet our guests. So turn around if you wouldn't just shake hands with a guest. We welcome you to Calvary Gospel Church. Messages. We talk about preaching from the Sears and Roebuck catalog. We talked about talking from, from the walls, and we took what we had on the side walls, and we began to talk about our plan of evangelism. I think this is, uh, this is so very, very important. Jesus is depending on us to reach the world. But, of course, we can't do it alone. Brother Thomas opened his daytimer that he has, and he read a little quote that he took out of an E.M. Bounds book on prayer. Where's Brother Thomas? Open it up and stand up and read that. I want everybody to hear this. Now, do you hear what he said? Read it again, Brother Thomas. He has commissioned the gospel into the hands of men. We can't save the world. We just can't. God does the saving. But he couples or connects himself with man. In the book of Acts, a very strange thing came to the church. That is... It seems like the Holy Ghost moved upon them and they made all things common. They, they sold all their possessions and they brought them to the house of the Lord and from there they distributed them equally as every man had need. And we know that that was the plan that God had for that particular moment. There was no mandate from God to do that, but they all felt through the Holy Spirit that that's what they ought to do. I suppose that uh, God, knowing the future, uh, seeing that Jerusalem indeed would be uh, destroyed, knowing that they would lose all their property and homes in just a few years, that's exactly what happened. God moved upon them to do that. We know that later on people had to come to their rescue and they had to receive offerings from other churches. It's the only church that ever did that. Now, there are many, many methods in which uh, the gospel has been preached. Very few methods that we use today were used in the Bible. They didn't have newspapers. No way to advertise outside of just word of mouth. That's basically it. Uh, we uh, use a good number of means to spread the gospel. Uh, and I thank God for all of it. I do not believe, according to the Scripture, that any particular method is doctrinal. But the message is, the message is our doctrine. One man put it like this. He said, we are married to our message, but we just court the method. And uh, <clears throat> in the days of courting, you can stop doing this and maybe go to another method or to another person. But once you're married, marriage was designed for life. It was designed for life. We are very, very serious about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that Jesus Christ will return soon. I believe he will return very soon. There is a big city here, and of course the metropolitan area is greater yet. In all of Wisconsin... The 53 churches that we have and over 7,500 people attending our churches, the greatest needs right here in Dane County. We have fewer, uh, percentage-wise, we have fewer apostolic, Jesus' name, one God Christians here than any other place. The greatest need is here. Now, Madison spread out 
while it's not a real big city, it's spread out. It's a long ways from East Town to West Town. I don't know how many miles, but it's probably getting up 15, 16, 18 miles. There are certain areas that uh, you drive, you'll go 21 miles, and you're still in city, maybe not the corporate city limits of Madison, but you're in the city. I began to pray some time ago about a method of evangelism. If Jesus Christ told us to do this, I don't think we have much of a recourse. If the mandate's been offered, we don't have much of an alternative. Now, it, it's not like the message where Jesus said, Repent and be baptized and you shall be filled with the Holy Ghost. It's, it's not that way. Much of the method is left up to us. Now, God wants us to seek direction from Him. He wants us to, uh, to be serious about this. Basically, when Jesus gave the Great Commission, He also gave the secret to the fulfilling of it, and that is that you teach one man what he needs to do to be saved, and then after you, you teach him, you turn around and teach him again that he should do the same that he has received, and he should do that for somebody else. And that's the way the gospel was intended to be spread. I began to pray about evangelism and, and the very need that we have here in, in Dane County. This was, uh, I think, probably five, six years ago. Because at one time, our, our goal naturally, and it still is, to, to build a big congregation. When we say our goal, we don't want a big congregation just for the, from the standpoint of saying, well... You know, I pastor a big church or I attend a big church. You know, every person here is a soul. And every person here will live eternally someplace. And every person that comes in the door needs God. And if we have 350 people in Sunday school, we should not be content with 350 alone. We should be happy that God has sent 350. But on the other hand, we should strive for more. But seeing this spread out area, and especially some of the, the cities around, uh, I began to look at what happened in the book of Acts. I think God allowed persecution to come to the Jerusalem church to scatter them abroad. And it was through the scattering of this one large group that uh, the gospel was not only preached in the surrounding areas, but it eventually was preached throughout the known world. Now, we decided in prayer that one of the best things we could possibly do is to promote the establishing of churches in surrounding communities. Well, when I began to share my burden with uh, various ministers, uh, I came across a plan that was introduced through Church Growth of America. Church Growth of America is not affiliated with any denomination. It's basically just a study of how churches are established and how they grow. Surprisingly, more churches are started through disagreement and splits than any other. But that doesn't quite sound scriptural, does it? <laughs> it doesn't sound right. But they were promoting in Church Growth of America because of the success in some denominations, more particularly some Presbyterian circles and uh, pretty much overall in the Church of the Nazarene, that the best method for the starting of a church is uh, for the church that is well established to reach out in a community and establish a beachhead in the enemy territory, so to speak, where there's no uh, church of the truth, and work that area, and then, of course, uh, uh, that church would become sovereign and autonomous that is, it breaks away eventually from the mother church and becomes a church of its own. Well, in prayer about this, the Lord just impressed me. This is the route to go. I shared this with Brother Yance. Brother Yance said, well, we have a, a plan we put together on church planting. He came into our district and taught it to our, our brethren. Many churches in Wisconsin now have used that. 
in the Nina Church, where Brother Bridges is pastor. They have uh, founded two or three churches in the surrounding area, and they're doing quite well. In fact, Brother Smalls' church is up near the size now of uh, the church in Nina. In the Milwaukee area, several churches have tried this. Brother Aaron last year was successful in establishing a church from his church. Brother Paul Prostanak is the pastor. Brother Rogers at Elam Tabernacle two years ago, they established a church. Brother John David Stocks is the pastor. And then in Oak Creek, the church there has established several churches. They started the church in Oconomowoc, the church in Fond du Lac, the church in Port Washington, the church in Lyons. Uh, it seems like another one, but I'm not really for sure at this point in time. But uh, you can see how that this has worked, and it's worked well. Brother O'Neill has had a desire to see a church started on the west side for some time, in fact, in the surrounding areas, and we shared this burden with him. We put him in charge of, of uh, the outreach ministry of home Bible study, and then we started the, the hospitality houses. That's just going into an area where uh, we had people living, and these people opened their house. And on a friendly basis, we invited guests and friends and such, relatives, and, and uh, where the Lord was taught in that home. Brother O'Neill then went to the west side and met in Brother and Sister Thomas's home. Brother and Sister Thomas here tonight? I don't see them. They were here this morning. Met in their home, and a good number of people from the west side have attended. Brother O'Neill's prayed about this, and he feels a desire to go to the west side to establish a church. And so what we want to do, we want to see Brother and Sister O'Neill uh, go to the west side, and they will be going right away. Now, they're over there already holding services, but I want to go over something that we've done in Wisconsin with you, and we want to go over some guidelines so that everybody understands uh, what we're doing and the way we're doing this and why we're doing it. It's extremely important. Uh, about, uh, what was it, Brother O'Neill, four years ago now that you and Sister Pam applied to go to the west side? was about four years ago. The district board gave approval for them to go. They went there, but, you know, at the time, Brother O'Neill, uh, this was after you returned from Germany, wasn't it? Had been in Germany and and uh, he had to come home because of the tax situation there in Germany, but he's had a burden for missions. And he went there, and, and he wasn't on the west side very long until he had opportunity to move down to Florida. And he counseled with me, and of course, I talked with the district board about it, and he decided that this was the thing to, to, to do. Now, we have in our ministerial manual, we have a bylaw stating that no church can be started in any community without district board approval. In each district, there is a board that's set up, and if you want to go to a city, you need district board approval. Now, there's a lot of technicalities and red tape involved in this. We want to make sure the man's ready to go and so forth and that he's actually called of God to that area and that he goes in a very ethical fashion. That is, there's no problem with this man and any other uh, minister in the area. There's a, uh, quite a few reasons why that we have this. We at this time in the United Pentecostal Church in the North American continent, we have about 4,000 churches and about 8,000 preachers. And most of them are young men. Can you believe, to my knowledge, we are the only group at this present time that has a surplus of ministers. I believe God is getting our preachers ready to evangelize the world. I believe that with all my heart. We're establishing over one church per day. In foreign fields, over 230 people per day are receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Overseas, we're growing much, much faster than we are here in the States. Well, Wisconsin being basically an unevangelized area, uh, we established a policy, and we call it the church extension policy. The church extension policy simply states that a pastor in any community 
can start home Bible studies and even a service in a nearby community without district board approval. We did this to enhance evangelism. We want people to feel free to do this. Because we got a lot of churches where people are driving 40, 50. I know one place where there some people are driving 65 miles to church one way and never miss a service. Some of you are very fortunate, aren't you? Especially me. I drive about 65 feet. <laughs> it's just around the corner. Uh, so we established this. Uh, in, in many cases, uh, we have had people to go in and start home Bible studies and things didn't work out to the point that they decided that they wanted to establish a church. But uh, there have been young men that have gone out in communities where uh, Bible studies are being held and they say, I feel a call to the ministry. They apply for this. They get district board approval and uh, they go with it. Brother Lyons... Brother Lyons. Brother Nutting in Lyons is a typical example of that. He had over 119 in Sunday school. I, I believe uh, he, he gave 119 uh, record, but then later on somebody said, no, actually, they had, they had more than that. They had a miscount. They, they counted heads later. In the, but they, they gave 119 for, for Easter Sunday. Well, we just gave them district board approval less than a year ago. Now, Lyons is just a real small community uh, between Burlington and Lake Geneva. It's just kind of a crossroads-type situation. Got a building there and going strong. Came out of the church extension. Now, the policy that I have that I want to go over with you is the church extension work director policy, and this is part of the Milwaukee Metro policy that we've established for that area. So this has had district board approval. Uh, to my knowledge, all of the churches that have been established, uh, they have been established using this policy. Now, Brother O'Neill wants to go to the west side and establish a church. There's some people there. Now, we want to set the offset. If you have not been going to the west side service, it doesn't mean that you can't become a part of it. On the other hand, if you've been going, it doesn't mean that you have to remain a part of it. You follow what I'm saying? Uh, and we'll talk about that as we, we go down through here. But uh, it is very, very important that you understand that this is a church extension. That simply means that Calvary Gospel Church is seeking to hold services on the west side. Brother O'Neill is an extension of Calvary Gospel Church at this time. So he will be a bona fide member of this assembly. And all the people that attend over there from this assembly will still be members of this assembly. The intent, however, is to reach a point in which the church becomes strong enough spiritually, financially, that we can cut them loose and we can say, now they are on their own and they're strong enough to survive. Many churches have been cut away prematurely and could not make it. And we don't want that to happen. Now let me read this to you. Job purpose, to promote the gospel and establish an extension of an established UPC church, mother church, in, and we have Milwaukee metro area. We're going to use this because this is a district board approved policy. In this case, it will be in the Dane County area. The director of the extension will work under the direction of the pastor of the mother church. In this case, Brother O'Neill will work... Uh, under the direction of the pastor of this church, and I happen to be the pastor. Job qualifications, number one, it must be baptized by immersion in Jesus' name and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Now see, many, in many cases, the director of the extension work may not even be a pastor, may not be a preacher. In, in this case, Brother O'Neill is an ordained minister. But we're saying that the man must be baptized by immersion in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. He must meet the qualifications for member, church membership according to the Mother Church bylaws. And, of course, we, the bylaws that this church has established are the identical bylaws found in the ministerial manual. So that's what we go by. These were established years ago, even before I came. So we just simply take the ministerial manual, uh, bylaws that are in it, and we go by that. Some churches have bylaws that are different but not contrary to. 
but ours are the same. We take them right out of that. Number three, must be loyal to the mother church pastor and abide by the mother church bylaws. Number four, must be willing to work in harmony with others. Number five, must carry a burden for souls in the extension area and must work to keep unity with the mother church. Number six, must be able to lead and motivate people. Number seven, must be faithful and dependable in accomplishing duties. And, of course, I stand here without reservation and say, Brother O'Neill's a very caring man. He loves souls. He is a soul winner. One many people to God has got a proven ministry. Now, job responsibilities. Number one, shall work under the direction of the mother church pastor in promoting the gospel. And, of course, the reason why is because when you go over there, you're still a part of this church. Now, some things I'll read automatically, you'll say, hey, that doesn't sound fair. Well, naturally, Brother O'Neill and all of you that choose to go could apply for church status and go without any assistance from, from this church. But we're simply saying that it was started as a result of an outreach from this church, and we shouldn't just chop you off right away. That the churches that have been established under this have become strong churches in a minimum amount of time. They, uh, they have grown. They have done well. In, in many cases, uh, they became larger than. The largest church we have in the state of Wisconsin is in Oak Creek. And it was established, not using these guidelines, but it was established as an extension work from Elon Tabernacle. And it's larger now, three times larger probably, than Elon Tabernacle. So he shall work under the direction of the mother church pastor in promoting the gospel. Number two, shall be responsible for establishing and overseeing the well-being of the extension. So there may be some times in which Brother O'Neill would be promoting something and some question would come up and he wouldn't be able to answer it. He may say, well, I'll have to get with Brother Grant. We wouldn't want any of you to have such an independent attitude that you'd say, well, what difference does that matter? You understand what we're saying. And people can become independent. But we're working together to see this community established. Once the work has become sovereign and autonomous, Brother O'Neill and I will be working together to do this in other areas. And the West Side Church, we hope, will flourish and grow, and you'll be able to start a church in Cross Plains or Black Earth or Verona or, or Wanakee or someplace. Number three, shall attend a minimum of two services per week at the Mother Church and encourage members to do likewise. Now, at this present time, we have three services per week, one on Thursday night, two on Sunday. And we would desire to see you start a Thursday night service. Now, services are extremely important, extremely important. But on the other hand, if you started, if you had a, a Thursday night service, if we had a Thursday night service here, which we do have, but if you attended it, and then you had a Wednesday night or Friday night, you're adding another service and your primary purpose is to evangelize. You don't want so many services that your outreach is not really an outreach, it's an in-reach, where everybody just ministers to each other when you come together. So, shall attend a minimum of two services per week at the Mother Church and encourage members to do likewise. Now, in view of us, however, wanting to establish a work there, and knowing Brother O'Neill, by nature, is a very aggressive man, He's not going to let a lot of grass grow under his feet or your feet. The next step will be starting a Sunday school. Now, once you start a Sunday school, you've got to be serious then about getting district board approval. Now, we've gone over all this with Brother O'Neill, and he understands that. But he will evaluate everything and determine when the Sunday school is needed and when you should start. Number four, shall report all activities and upcoming events to the pastor of the Mother Church weekly. Actually, what we have now in our hospitality ministries, we have a report in which we know how many people are attending, who attends, how many visitors we have, and this we'll keep doing, even on that extension work. The district also has a, has a form that's, that uh, these men have used that have established uh, churches, and we may consider that. Number five, all offerings and tithes shall be considered part of the mother church. These funds are to be turned in weekly to the mother church treasurer. Now, let me explain this. This is an area that you need to understand. When you get over there, the first thing you're going to see, you're going to see monumental needs. Monumental needs. 
And uh, you're going to say, well, why don't we just take all of our money and put it over here? Well, there's a reason why we're doing this. Let me spend a little time in talking to you about it. Tonight, if you, you're well aware, we talked about pledges for the Christian school. Some of you will still be sending your children to Christian school. Your tithes and offerings are very important. If you're still a member of this church, you can send your children here on a pledge basis. Now, what I told Brother O'Neill that we would do, and uh, we discussed this on the board, and we all agree this is good. The Thursday night service, you will be taking an offering. That offering will be brought here by Brother O'Neill. It will be put through our books, but we will keep it in escrow for you. So you will be building some funds right away. And all new people that come into your church, whether they pay their tithing here or on the west side, we will keep that in escrow. So the tithing of all new people coming in. Now, your tithes that you have, will, if, whether you pay them on the west side or here, will go into the fund, the tithing fund here at Calvary Gospel Church. Okay? And we don't want any, anybody to get this, this clouded. Because some of you have already approached Brother O'Neill and said, what do we do with our tithing? Well, you keep paying your tithing just like you've always paid your tithing. See, a very, very important part of the establishing new convert is fellowship with believers of like precious faith in a much broader scope than what you find in a small nucleus or, or extension work. Truthfully, one of the best things a new convert can do is go to camp. Actually, it's the best thing a Christian can do because you go rub shoulders with, with, a, with, a, with a group of believers much bigger than, than, than what you view on a daily basis. You begin to see the overall picture of the work of God. Now, there will be a time in which, however, that uh, we will take the tithes then of, the, of all of you that are going over there and we'll, we'll send them back over there. You may say, well, why don't you do that? Uh, why would we do that? Why don't we just pay them there? You've got to remember, according to IRS rules and regulations, and also according to the state of Wisconsin, that... For your tithes and offerings to be tax deductible, they have to be given to a bona fide, non-profit, religious corporation. You've got to keep that in mind. Until such a time that you break away and you incorporate your church with the state and get an IRS number and all that kind of stuff, really your offerings are not tax deductible. So all checks would be made out to Calvary Gospel Church. Uh, that you put in, even if you have a different name over there. So if you have a different name, let's say you call it Christian Life Center, uh, I don't know what you'd be calling it. I, I'm certainly not going to be involved in the choosing of the name. But if, let's say you call it Christian Life Center and you make out checks to Christian Life Center. If it's not incorporated with the state, really they're not tax deductible. You follow what we're saying? Now let's go one step further. All requests for funding for funding shall be in writing and subject to approval by pastor of the mother church. That simply means we hold money in escrow. If Brother O'Neill needs money or if you need money for any reason, and uh, Brother O'Neill will bring that request in and we just simply take a look at it. Uh, our purpose is to give uh, some guidance and give some direction. Uh, and, of course, uh, we will uh, approve then those funds. Those funds belong to that assembly. And we want to make sure they'll be used by that assembly. Uh, later on, uh, I, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that uh, uh, I'm sure this work's going to grow. I, I'm positive of that. I feel good about it. I think God's going to bless it. And uh, you're going to have a good number of new new members over there. And of course, their their money, their tithing, will be held in escrow and will not be used to support the Christian school. And it's not our desire to take any new member and make them a member of Calvary Gospel Church. They'll be a member of the new assembly over there. Uh, having the same bylaws and such that we have. So the only case and point in which uh, maybe tithes would be paid, and that is if Brother O'Neill felt that they had children, they need to attend a Christian school, it would be better for them to have their membership here, even though uh, they're attending over there. You follow what I'm saying? But 
But for the rest of you who go from this assembly, you will not transfer membership until such a time that district board approval has been giving, given. Now here's one that, that I want you to look at. Listen to it very carefully. Number seven. No member of the mother church or any member of another church shall be asked to help or minister at the extension without first receiving permission from their pastor. Now this is an important thing. All of you who plan on going to the west side, we want you to state that you are going. Now not tonight, unless you want to stay tonight, but uh, we have felt it's in the best interest for you to take till September the 1st. Determine whether you want to go. You want to go to the west side and you want to be. Then we want to see you shift your allegiance from from this church to, to that group and begin to accept Brother O'Neill as your pastor, not me as your pastor. But the worst thing you, we could do, and that is to have a conflict in our ministries. That is, someone from our assembly always trying to get somebody over there to come do something that we're doing, or vice versa. Uh, we got a lot of things going in outreach, a lot of things going. And it's imperative, though, that we do have a good working relationship and a good understanding. You see, we have some ministerial ethics that, that a lot of you people, you don't know anything about because we never promote them. For an example, if I resigned the church, and this was my farewell service, and I left, we as ministers state in our code of ethics that we will never come back into this city and visit any of you for any reason unless we are first granted permission by the pastor. That's a code of ethics. And you can understand why. Because it's real easy for people to lose their pastor, but yet not lose their allegiance to him. And because we're shifting this allegiance from this church to the other church, we want you to begin to accept Brother O'Neill as your pastor. And then, of course, in, in your relationship with other people then, you don't just go ask them, say, well, we're having a banquet on the west side. Come sing for us. That is if you're in charge of the banquet. You ask Brother O'Neill, and if we, Brother O'Neill and I agree that, that this would be fine, then, then there's more to it than what you think. To tell you the truth, pastoring people is a monumental task. It really is. And you have to have a pastor's heart. Really. And some of the people that I have to come at the strongest. And sometimes you have to do that because there are people that did run over you and run over the church and wipe their feet on the church. And I have to say, oh, no, now you're not going to do this. The truth of the matter is some of the people that I have to deal with the strongest, I actually develop such a love and compassion that I, I weep many, many hours over them. See, the heart of the hireling is that when the wolf comes, he flees because he is a hireling. And people need to be loved and cared for. You may not always understand that, and you won't understand that until you get children. I didn't understand why my mother cared so much for me and was so mean for, to me. <laughs> I interpreted it as meanness. I found out after I got my own, that wasn't meanness. She loved me. She loved me enough to withstand me, by the way. She really did. And so that's why we have that. We want you to understand that because this will probably be the area of the, the, the greatest concern. We'll probably discuss this one, Brother O'Neill and I, more than, than any other. Number eight, attendance shall be recorded for every service and turn in weekly to the secretary of the mother church. So our attendance, if you go over there and right away you get 15 or 20 or 30 or 40, it'll be counted with our attendance, so our attendance will look inflated. Because once you break away, it's going to get deflated. <laughs> Number nine, it should be stated that the extension is not a church, but is, is an extension of the mother church. In other words, it's not a church until such a time that you go through all the procedure and say, now we are a church. Basically, when a child is conceived, it's attached to its mother. There is a time for birth. There is a time for the cutting of the umbilical cord. There's a time for independence. 
not only has United Pentecostal Church, but also other denominations have felt that this is really the best way to establish a church. Now, anybody that wants to go to the west side with Brother O'Neill, I will not stand in, in your way. Now, if you are at this present time experiencing some crises, some difficulty, if you're at odds with a brother or such, I will be counseling with you, also counseling with Brother O'Neill. There may be some situations which some things will have to be cleared up before you go. And I think you can understand that. A little leaven, leaven at the whole lump. You follow what I'm saying? And it, the worst thing that could happen to this small nucleus of people is for someone with a bitter spirit or a disgruntled spirit to get among you and, and cause, because it'll spread quicker in a smaller lump than it will in a big lump. You understand what we're saying? But we are saying this, that anyone that would like to go, and you're in good standing and such, we want to see you go if that's what you want to do. And we're not asking you to make up your mind tonight. But we would like for you to make up your mind by September 1st. Pray about it. Seek God by it, about it. Talk with me. Talk with Brother O'Neill. One of us needs to know by that time. And once we have established who's going, now we're not going to let a whole lot of people jump back and forth. It's not good for you to do that. It really isn't. You, you need a home church. And if you go to the west side, I will assure you that you will become disgruntled with Brother O'Neill at particular times. Just like you do with me at particular times. Because life is not fair, and there ain't no free lunch. <laughs> you follow what I'm saying? That you will have some rocky, ro rocky road ahead of you. And you'll have that, though, anytime you have a man that loves you and cares for you. You follow what I'm saying? So there may be someone here presently, you may be a little bit unhappy. Well, you may be unhappy six months from now, too. So give a good, hard, long look at it. You follow what I'm saying? You need to do that. But once you go, we want you to go and we want you to be happy. And if you get over there and you hit a snag, well, you prayed about it, didn't you? And we told you you might hit a snag. Because that's that's just the way life stacks up. See? And we want you to stick it out. Say, so, hey, this is a church and I'm involved with a man that I love. He's my pastor. I'm going to support him. Praise God. Now the final statement made, organizational relationships. The outreach director of the extension is responsible directly to the pastor of the mother church. Each year, the mother church pastor and the extension director will evaluate the progress of the extension and make recommendations and set forth goals for the following year. Now I don't know that, that, that the last part of this will even apply. You may say, why? Because I believe uh, that uh, the extension over there will be an extension, but not on, uh, it won't go on for years as, as an extension. I don't believe that will. But we want you to pray about this. Brother O'Neill has a burden for it. And I'd like to stand, Brother O'Neill, if you would. Sister O'Neill, would you stand? I'd like for Brother O'Neill just to express himself to this congregation. How do you feel about this? Can you hear him? Okay, they can't hear you, Brother O'Neill. Huh. Uh, Brother O'Neill will be giving up his position as the Home Missions Director, Home Bible Study Director of our congregation, and I think that you can understand why he will be doing this. Now, I'm not saying he's doing it next week. But uh, we're giving you a little time to think about it. Think about the ministry you're involved in. Uh, we want you to be free to go over there and witness and talk to people and knock on doors or whatever Brother O'Neill will outline for you. He will be your pastor in time 
the extension policy states that, that I will be the pastor of that. I may not ever attend over there from the standpoint of going over there to see what's happening. I uh, trust that I'll be able to go over and just speak to the congregation on occasion and, and uh, show my support and favor in what you're doing, encourage you along. But we want you to change and shift your allegiance from this church to that church and from myself to, to Brother O'Neill. It's pretty hard sometimes changing pastors. It really is. And this is the reason why we have the code of ethics we have uh, in our ministerial manual about uh, what I explained to you. Praise God. Well, are you excited about Jesus? Yes. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. But I want to leave the door open to talk to anybody that would like to go. And, of course, Brother O'Neill will do the same, and we're going to work together on this. Praise God. You know what I think would be in order right now? That we all stand and that we pray for the West Side Extension. Now, we have a work going on in DeForest area. Brother Gary has been going up there, and they've been meeting. There's 15 or 16 people there. Uh, the, the difference is that Brother Gary, at this point in time, does not have license with the United Pentecostal Church, doesn't consider himself to be a minister from the standpoint of a, a preacher. He is one fantastic man, I want to tell you. He's got an excellent attitude, an excellent spirit. I don't know if God's going to talk to him about the work up there. I, I don't know. Uh, the same is true in DeForest, not DeForest, but in, in Stoughton. Uh, we have uh, services going there or an outreach there. Brother Derber has been working there. Brother Derber just received license with the United Pentecostal Church. He's a great man of God and a faithful man, a responsible individual. We need to first pray for the west side and pray for the other works too. Let's pray right now. Oh, thank God, Lord. You're good and you're wonderful and you're kind and true to us, Lord. And we love you, Jesus, so very, very much. We're thankful, God, for you. We're thankful, oh, Father, for your love and kindness that you've shown to us. We pray a special prayer right now, Lord, for Brother and Sister O'Neill, for the West Side work, and we're believing that the power of the Holy Ghost is going to reach down. I pray, oh, God of heaven, stretch forth your hand, Lord. Declare signs and wonders and miracles by saving people. I believe, Lord, that you will do this. You're able, God, to do it. And you will do it. And I further pray, Lord Jesus, for DeForest and Arlington and this area, that the glory and the power and the Spirit of the Lord will rest upon Brother Gary there. And then I pray, Lord Jesus, for the Stoughton work. And I ask, oh God, may your Holy Spirit and power come. Rest, Lord Jesus, in a great and in a mighty way in Stoughton. God, you are alive and real and mighty and true and great to be praised. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father. I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you, God. Oh, Savior, Lord, you are alive and real. Lord, you are mighty and true and great to be praised. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, while we're praying about evangelism, I, I'd like to call your attention to Brother and Sister Crowder's need. They want to be full-time in evangelistic work by September 1st. So it looks like a lot of things are taking place by September 1st. Would you pray for Brother and Sister Crowder? They're out in Baltimore now visiting with his folks. But let's pray for them. Praise God, Lord. We pray, God, for Brother and Sister Crowder, and we're asking, God, that you move upon them. And we're praying, Lord, that the glory. Jesus of heaven, you are alive and real and mighty and true and great to be praised. You can give this man a directive, Lord, and I pray, God, that you would. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God, you're so good to me. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 
I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Oh, praise God. Would Sister Grant please come to the organ this time? Praise God. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God. Open your Bibles and let's turn to Deuteronomy 6. Praise God. Deuteronomy 6, and this is such a beautiful passage of Scripture. It's the foundation of the oneness doctrine in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy 6, 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Aren't you glad for the truth? <laughs> Praise God. This Jesus' name, apostolic, one God, Holy Ghost, tongue-talking truth. Praise God. <clears throat> thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Now we're going to talk about the children. We had a presentation for the Christian school. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. And when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Boy, you need to talk the Bible. You know it? Talk the, talk the commandments of the Lord. Don't hammer them in. Wheat. I've heard people say, oh, if you talk something so much, people become opposed to it. Listen, I've been talking about fried chicken since I was five years old, and I like it as well today as I ever did. <clears throat> If you want to find out how much I like fried chicken, invite me over for a fried chicken lunch <laughs> or dinner. See, see how well I like it. My motto is, every good chicken needs a preacher. <clears throat> really. You know, oh, God's not going to love you if you break this commandment. I've heard parents tell children that. Don't you think you made Jesus sad? You need to point out to them, when you break the commandment, it's not that you make God sad, because the word of the Lord wasn't written for God. It's written for you. The Bible's the manual of life. When you break it, you suffer. You're the one that's saddened, not God. Well, he's not happy about it. He doesn't sit up and laugh over the fact that you broke the commandment. That's trying to... To say that, just make the word of the Lord as appetizing as you can. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and thou shalt, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. You know the frontlets between the eyes. That's talking about like the mule that were wear the blinders. See, like this. It says between your eyes, but I think if you go back and look at the Hebrew, it means around, actually around the eyes. They fit between the eyes and around like this. That's the way they did it. Does that keep you from seeing the world? No. It doesn't. It's like putting on a, a pair of sunglasses. Does sunglasses keep you from seeing how to drive? No. What do sunglasses do then? What do they do? They alter what you see to the degree that you can tolerate it and it's easy on your eyes. In fact, when the sun is real bright and you're looking right in the sun, you can't really see anything very well. All you can see is what? Just the blur, the glare. And did you know that's the way it is with the Word of the Lord? So the reason why you have these frontlets, these blinders around your eyes, so when you see the world, you don't see a big blur, but everything becomes clear because you see everything through God's point of view. Welcome to the real world. You can see now because the blur and the glare of Satan has been taken away. And you can see the world through the Word of God. That this is a real life we're living. It's a real world that we're walking upon. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost. Do you? Praise God. Hallelujah. Welcome to the real world. Praise God. Only Satan desires to put blinders on you that you can't see. 
He wants to give you tunnel vision so you can't have a periphery vision. He's a master at deception. Oh, I'll tell you. He likes to lie. He tells you, you, you go over there and connect yourself with that church. Oh, you're going to be so sad. Go out and get drunk and have a hangover. You're going to be happy. <laughs> Smoke until you get lung cancer. That's fulfillment. See? Break your health. You're going to be, oh, listen. He puts blinders on you so you can't see. But the word of the Lord allows you to see from God's point of view. Hallelujah. You can see the world. Welcome to the real world. Praise God. <laughs> you know what I want to sing? I've got the Holy Ghost. I like that because we just sing it like we really mean it. Let's sing it. We're going to open the altar. Anybody like to come seek the Lord? This is your opportunity. Praise God. Isn't God good? Come on and give your heart to God. You'll never regret it. I've got the Holy Ghost down in my soul. Just like the Bible says. I've got that Holy Ghost down in my soul. Just like the Bible says, well, I've been to the water and I've been glad My soul got happy and unsatisfied. I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Just like the Bible, just like the Bible, just like the Bible says. Now some of you come and pray with these children. Come on down here and pray with these children. I've got that Holy Ghost down in my soul. Just like the Bible says. When I've been to the water and I've been baptized. My soul got happy and unsatisfied. I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Just like the Bible, just like the Bible, just like the Bible says. I've got the Holy Ghost down in my soul. Just like the Bible says, I've got the Holy Ghost down in my soul. Just like the Bible says, well, I've been to the water and I've been baptized. My soul got happy and unsatisfied. I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Just like the Bible, just like the Bible, just like the Bible says, I've got the Holy Ghost. Come on, some more of you come around the front and pray. Come on right now. Come on down. I've got that Holy Ghost down in my soul. Just like the Bible says. Well, I've been to the water and I've been baptized. My soul got happy and got satisfied. I wouldn't take nothing for my journey. Just like the Bible, just like the Bible, just like the Bible says, oh, I'll fly away, oh, glory, I'll fly away in the morning when I die, hallelujah, by and by,
let's sing like we did when we came out of the wilderness came out of the wilderness came out of the wilderness let's sing like we did when we came out of the wilderness walking with my lord let's sing like we did when we came out of the wilderness came out of the wilderness came out of the wilderness let's sing like we did when we came out of the wilderness walking with my lord let's pray like we did when we came out of the wilderness came out of the wilderness came out of the wilderness let's pray like we did when we came out of the wilderness walking with my lord let's clap like we did when we came out of the wilderness came out of the wilderness came out of the wilderness let's clap like we did when we came out of the wilderness walking with my lord oh i'll fly away oh glory i'll fly away in the morning when i die hallelujah by and by Tonight, I feel good in the Holy Ghost tonight. 